Welcome to Form with Jonathan Ellis. In month two of our Rooted series, Jonathan offers a catechism lesson on how to be transformed by faith. Enjoy. Lord of love, ever Hello, this is Jonathan Ellis. Today we continue taking a look at how what it means to be a Christian relates to our roots as a church community. Our discussions are taken from the book To Be a Christian, which is a catechism, a text that is meant to be used for the teaching and instruction of Christian disciples, of followers of Jesus. But before we begin, let's pray. O God, our Creator, who sent your Son as the way, the truth, and the life to save us and all the world, we believe in your reality. Help our unbelief. We long to understand all that it means to be loved, known, and forgiven by you, and to be made whole, at peace with you, others, ourselves, and your creation. We know we have sinned against you, others, ourselves, and the creation of which we are a part. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us, sinners. Open our eyes to all that you are and draw us closer to you, we pray. Amen. Today we continue our look at our rooted belief that God transforms us and our longing to have an inward-growing faith that we might internalize the truths of Scripture and grow in our knowledge of the living God through study, prayer, community, sacraments, and personal devotion. So the first question then is, what does it mean for you to have faith? Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. And Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your straight, straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. John's Gospel tells us, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And Paul wrote to the church in Rome, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And the letter to the Hebrews explains, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So what does it mean for you to have faith? To have faith means that I believe the gospel is the truth, that Jesus died for my sins, rose from the dead, and rules over my life. Therefore, I entrust myself to him as my Savior, and I obey him as my Lord. What does it mean then to have an inward-growing faith or a transforming faith? How does God transform us? Let's start by looking at Deuteronomy 6, uh, beginning at verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And Psalm 1, beginning at verse 1, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We see already that God promises to transform us by reflecting on his word, what he's revealed of his character to us. And we see that again in the book of Acts, in the days of the early church. Acts 2, beginning at verse 42, says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. How does God transform us? First of all, God will transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. But how? Well, as we just read, the first Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to community with one another, to the breaking of bread, the sacraments, and the prayers, worship. So following this pattern, we will be transformed within the life of the church through reading scripture, and receiving the sacraments through corporate and private worship and prayer.
and through fellowship, through community with God's people, and loving witness to the world through sharing the gospel with others. Now, this last passage describes the way of life that the first Christians were led to follow. One way to describe following these practices in our daily lives is as a rule of life. What is a rule of life? Jesus says in the Gospel according to John, John 15, beginning at verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And Paul echoes this sentiment in his letter to the church in Rome. From Romans 12, beginning at verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So what is a rule of life? 
A rule of life is a discipline by which we order our worship, our work, and our leisure as a pleasing sacrifice to God. Everything we do is for God. Why do you need a rule of life? Psalm 73, beginning at verse 1, says, Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And continuing at verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with me, with you. You hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Psalm 86 continues, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Paul then writes in his letter to the church in Corinth, from 1 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 23, I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So, Run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. And in Peter's letter, he writes, from 1 Peter 1, beginning at verse 13, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Why do we need a rule of life? We need a rule of life because our fallen nature is disordered, distracted, and self-centered. And a rule of life helps us to resist sin and establish godly habits, through which the Holy Spirit will help us. What is included in this rule of life? According to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, beginning at verse 32, You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land you possess. 
And in the Gospel according to Matthew, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. Haste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus continues in the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moss nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness... How great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, beginning at verse 34, it says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. What is included in a rule of life? In addition to scripture, prayer, and worship, a rule of life includes Witness to others, service, self-denial, and faithful stewardship of our time, our money, and our possessions. By making the decision to follow God's plan for us, He will do the transforming work in our lives. Next week, we're going to take a further look at some of these components for a transformative rule of life. I hope you'll join us then. Thank you for listening now. Take care and God bless you. Lord of love, Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church, a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, to love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode, provided by the Preparation EP, written and arranged by Coco Relieve, 
and can be found at thetablechurch.bandcamp.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca. Trust it.